Hang on a second. Actually, don't hang on. Keep talking. I can wait. No, I need you to talk because I need to know if I can hear you. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> and the home of the Welcome to episode 30 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Oh man, James, I feel terrible. We missed another week last week, so I apologize to the listener. That was entirely my fault. I had some stuff going on at home that uh, I was that unable to actually do the podcast last week. So, you know, James, uh, I apologize to you. And I sincerely apologize to the listener. I, I really, uh, we don't intend to make this a habit. I just want to make that very clear. We do intend to put out a podcast regularly from here on out. I just uh, just want you to know that right off the top. How are you, James? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, it sounds like there's something in the air with the USA hockey. So it's just bad, bad karma going on. But hopefully we'll all rebound and we'll be better for it. Yeah, your lips to God's ears, brother. But hey, life happens, man, so don't don't sweat it. No big deal. I suppose. But nevertheless, let us soldier on to this edition of the Hit the Deck Show. The Hit the Deck Show? When have we ever called it that? Let's go on to the Hit the Deck Show. Uh, don't mind me. I, as ever, don't know what I'm talking about. Um, how was your last couple of weeks, James? <laughs> Pretty good, thank you. I've been enjoying some baseball in the last few weeks of summer. And was enjoying the World Cup of Hockey until the bad happenings of Team USA, which wasn't entirely their fault. There was some bad luck involved, too. But uh, other than that, everything's been just peachy. Yeah, I enjoyed the tournament immensely until it actually started. (laughs) (laughs) Then things went uh, a little downhill for our boys in red, white and blue. Man, oh man! Now, I don't think it's deserved, but boy, it's it's a tough tournament, and it's proven to be exciting. But we just got the short end of the stick. That's a problem with those short series too. It's you have no chance to to get your legs under you if you just don't have it, or whatever the case is. So, well, you know, you know before we jump into the World Cup of Hockey, and there is a lot to discuss. Why don't we get started with the podcast proper? As always, tonight's starting lineup and in goal, I am. The American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my illustrious co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. And James Sajazi, would you be so kind, do me the honor, do the listener the honor of telling us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. The World Cup of Hockey. The 2016 World Cup of Hockey is in full swing and is delivering some very exciting games. If you missed Gary's and my picks for what teams we thought would advance in the tournament, go to our Facebook and Twitter pages right now to get caught up as you listen to Hit the Deck 30. Happy birthday, Mike Richter! Number 35 turns 50 on September 22nd, and we here at Hit the Deck are obligated to celebrate it. And rebound shot. 
This is a segment of Hit the Decks where Gary and I follow up on a previous topic we talked about, and this time it's for the NHL's Las Vegas expansion team. And if you were hesitant over buying season tickets, then you're just playing out of luck now. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are very welcome, sir. So as we were saying with the World Cup of Hockey, before I so rudely interrupted us to begin the show... (laughs) It was a tease. You didn't rudely do anything. <laughs> yeah, that uh, <laughs> that was the uh, the teaser at the top of the show, and this is like the meat of the conversation. That's right. All right. So anyway, as you said, as we said, the World Cup of Hockey for 2016, the tournament that used to be a regular occurrence but went on hiatus for a long time, I think because of the Olympics primarily, the NHL's right. involvement in the Olympics, is back, baby! Uh, somebody should have told Team USA. Oh, man. Yeah, they're getting lambasted, and I guess deservedly so on one hand. On another hand, not so much. But I've been watching a lot of the NHL uh, network, and ESPN's been doing a pretty good job with their coverage as well. Of course, throwing some games on ESPN2 a lot for their college football or whatever other nonsense they have. So speaking of ESPN, the interesting thing about this year's broadcast, and I say this year's broadcast like they do it every year, they haven't done it in 12 years. But um, the interesting thing about what ESPN has been doing during these games is they've used the technology where you can project a company logo onto the boards which we see often on MSG broadcasts, and they've extended it to the boards in the arena. So they have, it's like a digital, it's not a green screen because the boards in the actual arena have advertisements on them. It's kind of like they've done a a digital replacement of the boards a live digital replacement, which the technology for that is actually pretty interesting. And I would be curious to know how the computers filter out the players for that. But that, that's neither here nor there. Basically, my point is they, they've wrapped the entire ice with this digital signage that only the home viewer can see. And so they can change and animate the boards on the fly with whatever sponsor is paying them to do so. And... James and I talked about this during the game, the last uh, USA game, but it was really distracting for me because you'd have the players playing, you know, an, an intense play in somebody's zone, and suddenly you'd see like a car driving across the boards because it was like a Ford ad or something, or you know, the whatever company it was would the, the name would get really big and start uh, moving across the boards like it was. Uh, one of those LED tickers. And it's like, it's hard to follow the action if the, if there's a reason why, at least at baseball games, there's a reason why they close off those ads that are in the player's sight lines during the course of play. Because, you know, you're trying to play and and it's distracting. And, And I know it's not distracting to the players in the arena because they're not seeing it. They're just seeing the regular ads that would normally be on the boards but for the home viewer you know you'd like to think the whole reason that they're watching this game is to watch the game and follow the action now i realize that the whole reason they're airing the game is to make money but i really don't like that i mean espn has done some very innovative 
innovations, which is redundant. I'm sorry. They've done some very innovative things uh, in terms of the broadcast for various sports over the years. But this I don't like. Yeah, great point. I agree. It, it is very distracting. And especially, like you said, they're animated ads. So you, it's really we're not expecting that. And it, not knowing about it firsthand, you're watching the hockey game. And then exactly you're just watching the boards then. And and it's amazing how ESPN and the NHL could double dip like that because it was kind of, I agree, very fascinating and great technology. But, yeah, just kind of tone it down a little bit maybe. Mm-hmm. But I guess they figured they'd try it out in, in a stage as big as the World Cup of Hockey and see what happened. But uh, totally unexpected. I completely agree with you, and it was distracting. But we'll see what happens after that. But I digress. Team USA. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of speculation, second guessing, and that always happens when a team you think is going to do well doesn't. And for whatever reason, but uh, even people throwing up the idea that Phil Kessel should have been on the team. Including Phil he, Kessel himself, as I recall. Right, yeah. There's probably, you know, sometimes when there's a rumor going on, the person who started it is behind the whole uh-huh. thing. But yeah, I can't figure him out. I've as, On the outside looking in, I've heard that he isn't the best teammate in the world. But when the Penguins picked him up last year as a Ranger fan and any other fan I think that would be in the Metropolitan Division like Islanders and and Devils as well really a chill went up our spine because he's a great player I don't care what the case may be off ice if if it's true or not when he's on the ice he's just an excellent excellent scorer Mm. and that proved to be true and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup I think only because he was the addition to that piece and that's what made Pittsburgh such a good good team to go all the way because i thought it was washington's year and they they beat them as well so although uh going back to john tortorella the coach of team usa i can see why he wouldn't pick a guy like phil kessel for the team because he has a very team first mentality so if phil kessel is such a selfish player even if he could help the team from an individual standpoint I mean, John Tortorella, who coached the Rangers for many years, so James and I are quite familiar with his style, he is very much a kind of an interchangeable part mentality. You know, he, he's, he's all about the team concept. Everybody blocks shots. Everybody gets mm. back on defense. So the idea that he's going to want an individual selfish player on his team who, uh, even when he first came in, the Rangers had players like that, and he was not too keen on them, and they fell quickly into the doghouse. And uh, even there were some players who kind of had trouble while he was there, and then once he left, they started to flourish a bit more. Yeah, so I, I maybe it was the wrong call to leave Kessel off the team, and, and maybe it was the wrong call to play the style that they did play. There's plenty of second guessing to be done the day after but you know it's uh he had mike sullivan right as his bench coach who just won the stanley cup with the penguins so you know it was a it was a decent coaching staff you know i mean they have they're they're a solid staff so you can't necessarily blame that entirely but woulda coulda shoulda who knows what would have happened if they had picked someone else but that's you know, I guess that's something that we'll worry about in four years. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like that they they picked a bunch of goofballs. I mean, they, they picked a pretty darn great team. I mean, guys yeah. like Kane and Oshie and, as Ranger fans, McDonough and Stepan. And 
Callahan was supposed to be on the team, uh, the ex-Ranger captain whom I loved and I miss very much, but he's on uh, Tampa Bay now, but he was hurt. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing I, I kind of do question a little bit was the defense, as Gary and I were, were watching uh, the uh, Team USA and Canada game together and just texting each other till all hell broke loose. But, well, um, simultaneously. We weren't actually yeah, together. True. Okay. Thank thank you for the, the specifics. <laughs> and, Maybe um, in spirit, but... True. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, we, we were just kind of tossing ideas left and right and, and things, and there were some critiques of the defense and, and a couple of plays with the with the goalie and how they work together and things, and it would just seem like that, again, Canada is just a, forget it, their team is just one all-star after the other, and when you look at guys like Tavares and Taze and Weber, Stamkos and Crosby, just to name a few, that's kind of not fair, and their goalies are three of the best in the world in Crawford, Price, and Holtby. So there's just really – but that's the benefit of Canada. It's their sport, and I admit that. And they they are they are an amazing team, as was the 96, but that's a whole other story. So it's not like Team USA had a bunch of losers to go across and they just kind of lollydotted and, and, and didn't really care and try and, and uh, David and Goliath type thing. It wasn't that at all. But the thing I do question about the defense was the misuse of Bufflin. I'm not a fan of Bufflin. I think he's too much of a goon. Mm -hmm. But they didn't figure out if he was a forward or if he was a defenseman. He didn't even play versus uh, Team Europe in game one. Mm -hmm. And then in the Team Canada game, he let up a really bad goal. He didn't play his man. And either he looked lost out there or I don't know. It was just really for a big guy who's strong. And that's how he plays his game, and that's that's probably one of the benefits of having a guy like Bufflin, if you can. Uh, one of the things I don't like about him is he's a little too physical and, and strong, and you know, kind of on the edge there. But it it's, it was kind of a microcosm of of the team, and so Team USA. It's always easy to second guess after the fact if things didn't go well. But the that backbreaker, yeah, the, the backbreaker was when they lost three to nothing in the first game versus Team Europe, and that's not and. Tortorella, too, kind of, and I agree with him in, in the press conference that he gave this morning, is give credit to Team Europe. They're they're a great team. I mean, just look at the goalies. Uh, Islander fans are very familiar with these two gentlemen, Grice and Halak. They've done very well for the Islanders in goal, as proven in last year's playoff run yeah. and in the playoffs itself. And then uh, you have guys like Kopitar, Chara, Hosa, and our own, or Rangers' own, Matt Zuccarello. So, they're a good, well-balanced team with a lot of experience, a lot of Stanley Cup playoff experience under their belts, and they're good. And uh, they were up to the task to take on Team USA, and they ended up smacking us. I say us as Team USA. Mm -hmm. they, they beat Team USA 3 to nothing. And then once you're in that hole, Game 2 is against Canada, and they're just – I don't know what kind of games they're playing. They're on a whole other planet. They're just running away with the whole thing. I don't know if they're still bitter from 96 or whatever the case is, but <laughs> – they are uh, they're world beaters right now, literally. It's picking up where they left off. Yeah, right. They, they they are the defending champions in the 2004 World Cup was the last time that they held this. As Gary mentioned before, the reason why it's so different now is that the Olympics are in the way, and that's a good distraction. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, then Team USA had Canada to deal with. They came out. They were up one nothing briefly. Yeah, and for what, like 30 seconds? It, it, it pretty much, yeah, because then this was in the first period and, and the announcers were saying, oh, the team that scores first, that's huge, and and it's mm -hmm. a good momentum, and boom. I mean, Canada just like, yeah, okay, they kind of toyed with us and said, all right, that's enough of that. 
And then oh, also you scored. It, That's adorable. Exactly. And uh, speaking of the Team USA roster, you know, you got Quick and Goal, Bishop and Schneider for Devil fans out there. They know how good he is. And, and you know, Bishop is, is one of the best goalies in there as well. Quick, obviously, two-time Stanley Cup champion, as good as it gets. So you can't blame him because the defense has really been suspect for Team USA more than anything else. But I don't know, James. As uh, we were texting during the game, I could blame him for at least one of the goals. Yeah, of course. I mean, a lot of guys do deserve blame for that, uh-huh. but uh, there there was a lot of bad luck as well. And uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, there was a the first goal was a perfect carom behind the net, uh, behind the board, off the boards, behind the net, right onto the stick of the guy standing next to the net to put it in. the The second goal was just a really strange bounce up, mm-hmm. literally up off of somebody's body that went in. Uh, you know, it, it was bad luck as much as it was bad playmaking. But, you know, there is something to be said for the idea that you make your own luck. And good teams have to try and overcome the, those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have no room for error whatsoever in a in a short tournament like this. And there's only eight teams involved, too. It's really quick. And no pun intended. Game. No pun intended. And, uh, and you really, you have to be lucky and good and perfect and up and ready to go and all your ducks in order and whatever else any other cliche you could throw out there but in the canada game team usa hit four posts so if those goals would have gone in team usa ended up losing four to two let's say two of those shots go in as goals and then it's tied four four it's a completely different situation and all the second guessing goes out the window but uh, like we said sometimes bad luck could really just do you in and and the posts really didn't help us at all uh, help team USA so no. that that was probably the final nail in, in team USA's coffin you know um, not not going to beat it to death and I'm sure people are sick and tired of hearing about it and we'll see when the tournament's over if team USA could at least get one win out of this tournament even though they're eliminated but uh, with all that said uh, we gave our picks we stuck our necks out there and posted it on Facebook and Twitter and here's a little rundown of how well I did or didn't do, so I'll, I'll take the blame for this. So just to recap, in Group A was Team USA, Canada, Czech Republic, and Europe. And in Group B was Sweden, Russia, Finland, and North America. So my personal picks were to get to the semis. The winners of Group A, I thought, would have been Team USA and Canada, which was not very original. And then in Group B, I thought it would be Sweden and North America. So in actuality, it's Team Canada and Team Europe that won Group A. And Team Sweden did win Group B. But uh, Russia ended up getting into the second round because they beat North America head-to-head in what was the most amazing game of the tournament and and just really one of the best games ever, I think, in terms of hockey, international hockey, NHL, whatever. It was just Team North America is such a fun, great bunch of young kids, and that's what they are. They're from Canada and they're from the United States, and they combined forces. One of the, the, the cool things about this tournament, I thought, was the idea of having the Team North America and the Team Europe. So just real quick, Team North America was comprised of players from Canada and the U.S. who were no older than 23 years old. And Team Europe were players that were eligible from the other European countries that were not already had teams of their own. 
So that was all you know, Italy, France, and um, you know uh, whoever else is out there that made those uh, those squads up. But the North American team was so exciting. They were young. They, they they really lived up to the hype, and I hope they do that again. And just a quick rundown of their roster. In goal, they had John Gibson and Matt Murray. I'm not too familiar with either of those two guys, but they played well. But the offense was ridiculous. I mean, you have the two overall first picks in Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. And Johnny Goudreau of the, uh, he's a New Jersey kid, by the way, of the Calgary Flames is just an exciting, great player to watch. He, it's All of these guys are, you know, from top to bottom. It was really quite fun but unfortunately they were eliminated so now we don't have that to look forward to anymore <laughs> we won't have north america to kick around anymore <laughs> yeah go figure man but anyway uh kudos to the nhl and the world hockey association and whoever else is involved in this because they that was a great idea so, so our just, picks yeah oh, sorry james i just want to uh I just want to jump in here and, and clarify something. Uh, you said that we posted our picks on the, the Facebook page and on Twitter. That's not strictly accurate. You posted your picks. I posted no picks, and I will tell you why. Because that kind of thing generally doesn't – it's difficult for me to be objective with, with that kind of thing. Uh, I'm – like, so – I say I'm a hockey fan and I'm a baseball fan and what have you, but that's not strictly speaking true. I, I'm a I'm a Rangers fan and I'm a Mets fan. You know, I I love my teams, but really I only love my teams. You know, I, I'm not going to sit down and just watch a hockey game that I have no stake in. You know, or that that, that uh, my team has no stake in, or you know, a baseball game that my team has no stake in. Or very rarely will I do that because. You know, I know a lot of people love hockey and they, they love the game. It's, it's a great game, no doubt. But I have difficulty getting invested in a game that my team isn't in. So, like, every year in pr the preseason, I think the Rangers are going to win the Cup. And in spring training, I think the Mets are going to win the World Series just because that's my team and that's the way I think. So to do anything other than fill out a bracket that says Team USA is going to win the whole thing – is very difficult for me. So that that's why I, I didn't put in those picks. It's not because I didn't think it's a good idea or I didn't think the listeners would be interested. I just, you know, and I, I, I realize that that kind of makes me a homer, but um, that's just, you know, that's who I am. I, I, I love Team USA. I love America. And I, you know, USA all the way, baby. And uh, I, I can't objectively assess other teams' talent and say, okay, even though I love this team, I think the other team's better because I just – I don't. You know, even if on paper they, they have, a, a, you know, a, a thousand goal scorers and our team has two, I, I'm still going to pick my team because it's my team. So that's, uh, that's just that, – that's just my deal. So I apologize if uh, the listener feels shortchanged in some way. No, not at all. I mean, we don't call you the American Rhino for nothing. So <laughs> that's what a fan is. You're very loyal, and uh -huh. that, I feel that way too. To be quite honest with you, I was kind of not really forcing myself to watch it, but unfortunately, I have a lot of free time on my hands these days. So it was fun to catch a lot of the games, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, exactly. If you're a fan of a team and a sport, you you root for that team, and and away you go. That that's wonderful. That's what makes these leagues tick. Uh, the owners don't want to admit that but we're the ones that make these leagues happen 
So without mm-hmm. fans, there's no reason to play or do any of these things. So including this podcast. So if people don't listen, what are we really doing? Right. We're kind of wasting our time. So yes, yeah. that's quite all right and totally honest. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way that you do. So yeah, all right. No problem at all. I mean, as it turns out, I wasn't that good at making the picks anyhow. So in actuality, it'll be Canada versus Russia in the semis and Europe versus Sweden. And just to really touch on Sweden, uh, yeah, I I went with my heart there because, gee, I wonder who the goalie is for Team Sweden. Um, <laughs> does it have anything to do with the number of this show by any chance? Or I, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think he does wear number 30. I, I remember hearing that. They call him like the king or something? I What's his know. name? Hanquist? Something like that? Lundmeyer? Yeah, something? I don't Lundqvist, know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I mean, with the insane defense that Sweden has, I had to, to pull for Sweden just because of Mr. Henrik Lundqvist in goal. And it, he did miss game one because he had the flu, but then he came back and made up for that. So hopefully he's okay for the New York Ranger fans out there fellow New York Ranger fans out there. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you 100%. So that was hard. Um, yeah, I so got to say, go. just from a selfish standpoint, I don't know if I want him to win this tournament because I feel like the last time he won an international tournament, uh, it was the Olympics, right? He won um, yep. He won a gold medal with Sweden like oh, six, six yeah. years ago or eight years, 10 years ago. Is it that long ago? Yeah, wow. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, a long time ago, Henrik Lundqvist won a gold medal with Sweden, and I feel like you know he 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 gets his trophy. It's not the Stanley Cup, but you know he gets a big trophy, and I feel like he's not going to be hungry for that championship anymore. So I want him to want to win, you know. So as much as I want to pull for my goalie, I in a way I don't, which is again selfish, but. Let's go Rangers. So, you know, <laughs> he's not Team America's goalie, so I don't feel that bad. Exactly. So that, that would have solved all the problems. But what are you going to do? Yeah. So. But uh, moving on from there, there's another goalie who is uh, pretty near and dear to your heart. We have to wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Mike Richter. Yes, and- number 35, the original. Well, probably not the original. I'm sure there were plenty of goalies that wore number 35 before him. But but as far as I'm concerned, the original number 35, the man who I many times have said that I patterned both my jersey and my game after, Mike Richter, USA, American Patriot, former World Cup champion in his own right. Happy birthday, sir. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, excellent goaltender. Very smart man. U.S. hockey legend. And... Beloved, beloved by Ranger fans all over the world and hopefully Team USA fans as well. Really cool guy, great player, and amazing, amazing career that he's had. Unfortunately, he had to retire a little bit too soon for our liking, but yeah. you know, there's a reason why the American Rhino looks up to this man and, and plays a game patterned after Mr. Richter's style. So former World Cup goalie Mike Richter had his number retired by the Rangers in 2004. The last World Cup tournament was played in 2004. Coincidence? I think so. (laughs) Yeah, that's too big a void, too. Yeah, no, no, but seriously, I mean, I'm sure it was a big loss for him to not play in the tournament anymore, but I don't think they ended it because he couldn't play anymore. That's, uh... 
that's a bit of a stretch even for me. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past the Canadians because they uh, he was the reason why they didn't win in 96. And I, I think they'd all admit that, too. There was a really good documentary done by the NHL Network, too, about the 96 World Cup as well. And they did have some players like Theo Fleury, one of my all-time favorite players from the Canadian point of view, talking about how great Richter was and what a shutdown goalie he was and mm-hmm. his teammates, too. Yeah, I mean, and and he was, again, he, he did come up huge for Team USA in 1996. Uh, he was a, a heck of a goalie, a really gutsy goalie. We've all, we've covered all this ground plenty of times before. But the one thing that brings to mind is I was watching the last game that Team USA played, and the anthem came on before the game. And... I was just sitting there thinking, what an incredible experience it must be to stand out there and listen to your national anthem playing and knowing that you are representing your country uh, on that kind of stage. It's It must be really awe-inspiring and, and more than a little humbling, I would think. Yeah, definitely. And guys like Richter got that. And... Uh Guy from Philadelphia area, uh, tough, hard-nosed man, very determined, excellent work ethic. I mean, the only reason why they they had to retire the poor man was his skull was cracked, and that's with wearing the -the state-of-the-art helmet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a gentle game, and there is risk involved, and uh, it, it is a shame that the man had to retire so much sooner than he probably would have liked, and we certainly would have liked. But, you know, sometimes life deals you that hand, and you just have to move on the best you can. And again, in the vein of Mike Richter's attitude, he has, and he's done a really great job in doing that and having a whole other new career since his hockey success, where he actually enrolled and graduated from Yale after his illustrious hockey career. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about in the past, he uh, founded. he's a founding partner of Healthy Planet Partners, which we talked about the green initiatives that they've done with the league and things. And it's really a wonderful thing to, as we said before, not only was he a goalie who made a lot of great saves, but now he's saving the planet as well by using his old stomping grounds and league in the NHL. So smart man, determined man, and uh, just an all-around great guy and somebody we should all look up to and emulate. Yep, got to save the earth. Uh, as the Tick once said, that's where I keep all my stuff. And I, uh, I heartily agree with that sentiment. So uh, thank you, Mr. Richter. Happy birthday. And may you have many more enjoyable seasons ahead. Yeah, and if you're uh, wondering why we're gushing over this man, just a quick rundown of some of his amazing accomplishments. Obviously, the 1994 Stanley Cup champion, 1996 World Cup champion, and MVP of the 96 World Cup. 2002 Olympic silver, two-time U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer in 2008 on his own, and 2016 with the 96 World Cup champions. Which we just talked about a few episodes ago. That's right. Uh, 1994 NHL All-Star MVP, which happened to have been at Madison Square Garden for that magical season. And he is the first Ranger 
New York Ranger goalie to win 300 games. And that's really an amazing accomplishment for the amount of goalies and great goalies that they've had in their 90 plus seasons. So we love you, Mike Richter. Very happy 50th birthday, many more. And thank you for all the happiness you've brought us Ranger fans and Team USA fans. Yes, sir. Thank you. And you know what Mike Richter was good at? Not just stopping shots, but stopping rebound shots that were... Because the next segment is going to be the the rebound shot. It's a, it's a segue from one segment to the next. Because I'm a um, I'm a professional. You're right on all counts, sir. Uh. That's right. <laughs> As we wind down the 30th edition of Hit the Deck, we're just kind of uh, rehashing on what we were talking about last edition of the NHL's Las Vegas expansion team, and Gary found out that they have successfully sold all 16,000 of their season ticket plans. And that's just extraordinary for a team that was just announced only in June that they've sold that amount. Their first goal was 10,000, but they've exceeded that. And uh, 16,000 season tickets are all accounted for. So if you were gambling on being able to score some season tickets then you're flush out of luck i don't know i lost the metaphor i thought that was good that was pretty clever yeah so good for them good for the league and hopefully it uh something to get excited for in the future yeah and we'll see whatever that team is called next year in the 2017 season last minute remaining in the podcast oh boy okay so We've come to the end of another podcast. Much to everybody's delight, I'm sure. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being our loyal listeners. We do genuinely appreciate you. Thank you, James, for sharing another Hit the Deck with me. Thank you to Anthony Sejazi for providing us with music. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. The LIQ for helping us out with our sound effects. And thank you to Stitcher and iTunes and many other podcasting outlets for hosting our podcast and being a place where you, the listener, can download and uh, Podbean for being the home of HitTheDeck.com. I, as always, would encourage you to subscribe to the Hit The Deck podcast if you have not already done so. And, of course, it is incumbent upon me to remind you that our Hit The Deck YouTube channel is open for business. We still have that great feature up there about stick surgery. So if you haven't checked that out already, please do. I think you will enjoy it. If you would like to comment on our show, if you'd like to open a dialogue, really, if there's anything you want to say to us, knuckleheads, please feel free to reach out to us at any time at hitthedeck at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at hitthedeckpod. James, what would you like to contribute to this madness? Uh, speaking of birthdays and Mike Richter fans, my sister-in-law's birthday is uh, this Friday, so when we do drop the show, so I just want to wish her a very happy birthday and uh, love you. And um, it's also Bruce Springsteen's birthday, too. So that's pretty cool. And as James told us some episodes ago, Bruce Springsteen was born in the USA, <laughs> which uh, really the USA has played such a large integral part of this podcast. So 
I think it's only fair to mention, as if you forgot, which I'm sure you have not. So happy birthday, boss. Happy birthday, sis-in-law. Happy birthday, anybody who warrants it. Uh, Happy birthday, Julia, my daughter, because even though her birthday isn't for several weeks, she is so very eager for it to be here, and she wants it to be her birthday, so... I will wish her a happy birthday, even though it is nowhere close to that. Okay. Anyway, I should wrap this thing up. So, in that vein, I know it's been a while, but I would be remiss if I were not to remind you, the listener, of the very, very, very important fact that it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. That's my dodgy equipment. That's that's an English word, right? Dodgy? It's not really a, a word that's in common use in America. You've been watching too much Next Generation. That's my it? dodgy equipment, it is. <laughs> and that's my dodgy English accent. What, what? <laughs> oh, boy. I think I just got a bumper. <laughs>